Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC. And with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, my friends. How's it going? All right. So we actually kind of had to like do this because we, we went a little bit over what we were hoping for. Look, here, Jim, I want you to hear this. We we try. We try, really, to, really we try to keep it under two hours. Uh, I don't want to hear it. We try. I'm sorry. Dude. I'm sorry. We're probably going to go over. <laughs> <laughs> as you're listening to this, we're probably going over. But anyways... Episode 24, um, this was supposed to be last week, but uh, obviously um, the Houston weather, the, well not Houston, the Texas weather decided to speak differently, and uh, Ericot, who apparently now I know that is, because <laughs> if you would have told me a week ago, well two weeks ago, what Ericot was, I would not be able to tell you. Now, I despise him. <laughs> wow. Well, unless you're Edward. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I got lucky, thank God, that I had light and water because I, I didn't I, have my I will say, Edward, if there was someone that should be having power, I mean, a lot of people deserve it to have power, but there's somebody that should. It's definitely you because obviously you did have your boys with you. I did. The whole um, week, I, I, I stuck with I would have, I would have hated to have heard that your boys were, were free. Well, that's the thing. I, I would have given them my, my, my flea market blanket in order to... <laughs> I have plenty of those. Okay, Trust if, you're, me. if you're Hispanic, just tell me how how, how how grateful you were for your tiger blanket. For that tiger blanket, the lion blanket, hell, the Virgen de Guadalupe blanket. Jesus Christ! I'm not even Catholic, and I have, and I would definitely rock that. Thing. Oh yeah, bro. <laughs> but no, I, I I'm thankful because um their mom didn't have water or light, so I went to go pick them up at night or Monday Monday evening. So I was like slipping all over the black eyes, but I still did it. And I got them home safe and sound. And I ended up keeping them all the way through Sunday. And, you know, it was fun having them home. And uh, I was just glad I was able to do something. 
No, yeah, no, it's, it, it's great, man. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, if you guys didn't know, you guys were living under a rock. Um, the state of Texas basically were incapable. I mean, all right, so people that are going to be saying, like, why wasn't Texas prepared for this? Well, one, we just don't get this weather. We do not. So, what so is snow? We don't, we don't do the, 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 the salt on the road. We don't have the snow plows. We don't, which is funny. There's some guy on a, uh, some guy on, I don't know what video it was. I don't know if it was TikTok or, or, or Instagram or, or YouTube or whatever the fuck it was. So this guy was like, and, and he was making a good point. You know, we don't have the res, we don't use the resources that up north or, or, uh, people from that are from places that do have, uh, like eight inches of snow deal with. Um, we just don't have the resources. And instead of saying, instead of saying snow plows, he said, uh, gazebo. And then, and, and, and then he tried to fix himself by saying Zamboni, which, uh, even I know that that's not what Zamboni. you're, the Zam- uh, shout out to Bleacher Connections. Obviously, you know, our, our Canadian, um, members of the Unhinged Sports Network, cause you know, they're the hockey guys, but I do know what a Zamboni is. Uh, I did watch some Houston Arrows hockey back in the day when that was a thing. Um, but I do know what a Zamboni is, and I don't think a Zamboni would have been helping us oh, <laughs> as far no. as oh, making sure no. we didn't have icy roads. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, snowplows. That's what they were looking for. Snowplows, and then the, obviously the salt, um, putting it on the road. And I think if, if you were from Texas had that, they would have hated their lives because obviously we know what that does underneath your car. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it's just the fact that we just don't have those resources. That's why the solution, whenever we do have some very severe cold weather where we do have ice in the roads our solution is just by not leaving your house and not driving your car because we're just not capable of knowing how to drive okay I do know how to drive on ice roads just because I lived in North Carolina <laughs> at one point in my life but it's still not something that people should be doing I, I, even people that do know how to drive on icy roads even they still don't recommend to drive on an icy road regardless oh yeah so um, one thank you to everybody that Sent us uh, some some best wishes, hoping that we were going to stay warm because I was without power. Um, but you know, luckily I'm fat, and, <laughs> and luckily, I'm, well, luckily I'm fat, and also the fact that I do have a, a flea market blanket um, to keep me warm. Um, you know what's funny? So uh, my mom, she actually slept with like a jacket and and some pants. I can't do it. I can't do it. All right, so I'm not going to say I sleep naked because I don't. Um, I like sleeping. With pajama, either pajama pants or shorts, but I will sleep without a shirt on. Like I'll sleep with no shirt. I just can't sleep with. I can't sleep with a shirt on. I, I get sweaty. I don't like that feeling. I mean, I basically have a shirt on anyways, natural shirt to begin with. Um, but yeah, no, because I, I try to sleep with a hoodie, even though it was freezing cold. I, I mean, you know, my room was freezing, um, and that's and obviously without using my my fan. Um, cause I do, Edward can tell you this. I do like to keep my warm clean, my room, my room cold. Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't do it. So most of the time I ended up like giving up, like literally before the sleep, like before I really got into my deep sleep, I had to take off my hoodie and take off my shirt. I wore some socks while I was sleeping, but even then I wasn't comfortable with that. So, I mean, and everyone looked at me, I was like, I was crazy whenever I woke up in the morning just because like, you're slept without a shirt. And I'm like, yep, just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But luckily we're good. Hector got electricity bag. He got a water bag. So, I mean... It's- yeah, so uh, thank you to everybody uh, this, that, you know, checked up on us. And um, obviously, thank you to Spencer for doing the the interview rewind episode that we decided to drop. So we still had an episode for y'all. Thank you and, to our guests as well. Yeah, thank you to um, Dominic Rich, Andrew Monroe, Eli Lester, and of course, Heath Pierce. Um, 
for obviously giving us those interviews. So we had something to share just in case of this event happening. Um, and obviously, NGU Booby, can't forget you, man. Man, we thankful, thankful that we got to meet all these people. Like we got to talk to these people. Yeah, NG Booby, thank I, you I, for the support. I, I I really did love it. I think it was really cool. It was kind of a, 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 a like definitely a reflection just to see how far we've gone from you know being able to interview some some really high profile YouTube. Well, not okay. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you guys are high profile YouTubers. I'm going to say that. There you go. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, we, we had to interview some very good YouTubers that are influential in the soccer world and in YouTube. And then obviously Eli Lesser, who's influential in, in, on Instagram. And um, of course, Heath Pierce, a, a former you know U.S. soccer player. And of course, NGU Booby. I mean, it was just really cool to interview a rapper. I, at least I can I can say that now that, hey, I got to interview a rapper. So <laughs> an, Atlanta, an Atlanta rapper. Uh, but yeah. yeah, check him out, man. He, uh, he did drop some music uh, this past week. So congratulations to NGU Booby for that one. But yeah, thank you for everybody that has been a part of us. Obviously, Unhinged Sports Network as well, you know, being part of our process. This was actually kind of like a, a it, it, as much as it sucked, um, freezing our asses off and then having rollout blackouts. Um, it was really cool to kind of get a chance to like reflect on on what this podcast has been able to accomplish in such a, small amount of time even though we were talking about months now i mean we started this this podcast in august and and i mean i mean granted we're 20 well i mean i guess technically 25 episodes deep because technically this is this should be episode 25 but obviously we're calling it episode 24 um but like you know it just kind of just shows like how far we've gone and we're not even we're not even a quarter into our our episode count yeah so Um, i mean so it's pretty cool, nonetheless. So yeah, uh, thank you to everybody that uh, checked up on us, and, um, and and yeah. So we're finally gonna give you guys episode twenty four, the, yeah. the the Kobe episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> we should definitely have, you know, obviously if we were under better circumstances, you guys know, but we we, we definitely made sure we wanted to give you guys something, and obviously the thank you for Spencer for hosting it. Did a really good job. I felt like he was like the the MC of a of a HBCU uh, halftime show. So got me hyped. I was like, "Dang, man, Spencer's pulling all the stops here." Hey, yeah, that's our man, boy Spencer right there. That's why he's our Chick Fil A Player of the Year, man. Yeah, but yeah, man, let's get going with this episode, man. So Edward, obviously, another episode. We got headlines. We got game recaps. We have players of the week. Game previews, of course, are three up, three down, which is going to be a very interesting topic, right? Um, to say the least. I think something that maybe people is good. Talking about reflection, this is definitely going to be reflection oriented. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna have an interesting three up, three down, and we do have an interview. An interview that I was, I'm not gonna lie to you, Edward. This was a kind of an interview I would, I would hope that we would a- able to be able to do, and it's just because of it's, it's kind of, kind of goes back to community, and, and you know, obviously we're from Houston, Texas. Um, I'm a Houston Dynamo fan. Everybody knows that. At least everyone has heard me have my rants about the Houston Dynamo. Um, and this guy is definitely kind of somebody that I, 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 I appreciate his grind, his hard work into what he's been putting in that's Victor Ariza, um, because he's, this is a passion project. Anybody that tells you that they're doing anything that's soccer related, you know, obviously Andrew Monroe, Dominic Rich, um, Eli Lesser, all these guys have said kind of similar things. It's just, you know, people don't talk about soccer. People don't talk about soccer. In the U.S., 
and, and instead of just complaining about it, they did something about it. Right. And and I mean, I guess you can say we're we're on that same boat, even though we're just two idiots that talk about soccer. Um, but <laughs> but I mean, this is why I respect uh, Victor Ryzen. I mean, he got a chance to work for uh, work with Glenn Davis, uh, someone highly respected in the soccer world. Obviously, he's announced matches for the World Cup. He announces matches for the Houston Dynamo. Um, and he has his radio show, Soccer Ma- uh, Soccer Matters, with Glenn Davis. And um, Victor Reiser was a producer at one point of that show. Um, so, I mean, it was just an interview that I definitely, someone that I definitely put as a as someone that I would I would definitely love to interview. And uh, we get to do it in this episode. I know I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent about this, but I just think it's kind of like that, that full circle. Jesus Christ, Robo. <laughs> kind of a full circle moment. God dang, Robo. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, dang, he's just snoring up a, a yeah. storm right there. Uh, okay, Edward. Well, Robo now tells me how, I, how he feels about Victor Rising. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Victor. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was just—it's just someone that I put that I was like, dude, I got—I I would love to interview this guy. Um, so I think that it's cool to be able to to accomplish that. And and so like I I I definitely will say it. I don't know. If, I, I hope I'm not overhyping this interview now, but. Um, it was just someone that I definitely put uh, at least on my on my checklist of people that I definitely would love to interview um, in this podcast. But yeah, we got it done. So really excited about that. So Edward, ready to get the show going? Yeah, let's do this. All right. But before we get to the show, let me tell you guys, do you guys need some gear of your favorite teams? Well, Fanatics is your one-stop shop of all things sports. I don't know why I'm trying to, t- trying to hype it up like it's like I'm Spencer. Uh, click on the link on our bio at Insert name FC on Instagram. There's a link right there. It'll take you to our link tree. It's going to be a link that says Fanatics. Click on that and get some shopping done. Fanatics is a proud partner of Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. And obviously, if you shop through that link, you will be supporting Insert Name FC and Unhinged Sports Network so we can build our platforms so you guys can give you a better product. And Spencer could stop complaining about our shitty audio that we send him <laughs> and he has to fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, we can get our own little room. So actually, so this is this better is, acoustics. Better. This acoustics. is going to be my PSA to all our listeners. Do you guys love our sound? Well, imagine how much better it can be when we're actually funded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it for us. Do it for Spencer. <laughs> right. Do it for the Chick Fil A Player of the Year. I bet you Spencer right now is going to drop a bra. Yeah, <laughs> he, might, he might. He might. He might. Wait for it. Okay. There you go. All right, man. So let's get going with these headlines, man. All right. So this is going to be a little bit of a touchy subject. We're going to go ahead and throw that out there. We're not going to try to go into deep. I think we said everything that we've needed to say in the in the last episode when we touched on the on these uh, issues when it comes to race. But Wilfred Zaha says that he is done taking a knee. Um, and honestly, wow. I I understand where he's coming from. I don't necessarily agree with him, but I understand where he's coming from. And I think it's just the fact that Wilfred Zaha is just he's ready for the next step. Um. In this, in this whole kind of the Black Lives Matter movement, kind of showing that you know we need uh, social equality, we need all these things, and and social, you know, obviously, and social injustice, and 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 really start seeing the change. But uh, the the part that I disagree with is just the fact that this is it's it's a process. It's not necessarily a Hey, tomorrow racism Bruh. is over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it takes time. It takes time. I, I feel for him. I would love the next step. Unfortunately, I just think the next step, at least in my opinion, is the 
the uncomfortable conversation because I don't think we're, we've done that yet. I think people are either trying to ignore it or are, are just, you know, like, yes, I support what they're doing, but we're not having that conversation between the two parties. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And so that's the next step, um, in my opinion. But yeah, so no, I, I feel for Wilfred Saha. I understand where he's, where he just wants, he, he, and it's also the whole thing, I guess, that he's not particularly a fan of the whole taking a knee thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you're, he's raised in being proud of who he is. And I mean, we've all been there, you know, we've all been told like, stand proud and, and be proud of who you are. You know, same thing, you know, you know, with Latinos and machismo, you know, like we're men, you know, things like all that shit. We're um, men. But, you know, and, and I get that, you know, like I, I can see where this is what we're doing is we're going to take a knee. I can see maybe how maybe this isn't the approach that you would have done, but obviously it's a, Everybody agreed to, I think this is something that everyone agreed with. And it's like, you know, oh, we're all together. And I mean, there has been, to be honest, there has been some people that forgot, oh, shit, we're supposed to take a knee before the match. I think we, we've all seen it. If you have been watching the EPL, I, I specifically, I think the EPL still does it. I don't think I've seen like La Liga do it anymore. Um, But yeah, I, obviously the next step would be to have that uncomfortable conversation. But I just don't think we're there yet. Yeah, we're there. <laughs> but I mean, uh, we're here. We're doing it now. But I, I just don't think others are there yet. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think it's more about treating people not by their race, but more of like as a human. And a lot of people are not taking that step. I mean, let's face it. There's people that still are trying to argue with the phrase "Black Lives Matter." Yeah. And a a comedian, like a, a Saturday Night Live comedian, uh, he said in his stand up. It's like there's people. It's not. It's not like black lives are better. It's not anything like that. It's just they just matter, and and people seem to have a disagreement with that phrase. Yeah. Um. So, um, I'm not trying to like take lightly of it, but it, that's just kind of where we are. We're still in a disagreement with that phrase in general, and so if we're still, we're still, you know, it's like we're hoping we can move on to like the next step, but we're still there's still some people that are not even past the first one. Yeah. So, exactly. So I mean, it takes time. I understand Wilfred Zaha's frustration, but I think... I'll give him props. I'll give him props. At least he's speaking his mind. And I mean, let's face it. It's not like we've cured everything. Obviously, we've had the racial issues on... The racial attacks that have been happening on social media. Though props to... I believe it was Twitter that actually banned uh, somebody who took... Who racially attacked uh, Eddie Nketiah from Arsenal. Yeah. So they banned him. Is that a great solution? I mean, we said it... Like I said, we've already said this before... It's not necessarily like the best solution because obviously all they could really do is just maybe use a different email and create another account. Um, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, like, like Donald Trump's supposedly fake account. Hi, I'm new here. <laughs> so, so even though like it's great that they did that, but let's face it, it's not necessarily the the perfect solution because regardless, that person is still out there. He's still using racial slurs. Yeah. So, I mean. Great try. I'll say that. Great try, Twitter. I mean, it's not a terrible... It wasn't terrible, but let's face it, there's there's ways to go around it, and that's unfortunate. But obviously, we know what's the bigger... It's, it's, it's the bigger thing that needs to be dealt with, and obviously, that's the... That, you know, racism is still being taught. Um, you know, so... But, like I said, that uh, I feel for Wilfred Zaha, and, and hopefully, we can we can eventually move and get to that that uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, I give props to Wilfred Saha. I mean, he's he's standing up for what he believes in. And that's and, all you can really ask for at that point. Yeah, at this point in time. So, yeah, and like I said, I think 
we've said all that we really needed to say in la- in the last episode when we did touch on this subject matter. So I'm not trying to like, it's not like I'm trying to get through this, but I mean, obviously I think everything that we have, we felt has already been said. And so we just, there's nothing else to be added. Um, if you guys don't like me talking about this subject matter um, and you guys feel uncomfortable when I talk about this subject matter, well, I'm not going to apologize, but if that's how you feel and you feel that maybe this isn't the podcast for you because of, of some of the topics I choose to want to discuss, um, then I'm, I'm sorry and, and good luck finding another podcast because I don't plan on changing how, who I am. Yeah. So, yeah, props to Hector. <laughs> All right, man. So let, let's get to soccer. I'm sure there's some, some people who are telling me to shut up and dribble at this point. <laughs> uh, hopefully not, but thank you for those that, that are not. Um, but uh, Marco Rose is said to be the next manager at Borussia Dortmund. Ooh, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Marco Rose is currently the manager of Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, and he is said to be leaving Borussia Mönchengladbach. And he will be become the new manager of Borussia Dortmund. Um, a little bit about, about Marco Rose. He did at one point manage RB Salzburg. Um, then went to Borussia Mönchengladbach. And has done a pretty good job with them. Obviously, they're in the Champions League knockout stages. Yeah. They're currently in seventh place. I mean, some people may say what they want about that, but I mean, the Bundesliga is pretty... It's pretty... Pretty tough. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, and, but I mean, obviously, in the knockout stages, he's he's doing something that... And, I mean, we talked about this on Unhinged FC. Obviously, this is... I think it's been a long time since Borussia Mönchengladbach has been in the knockout rounds. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly he's doing something good. Um, so, Edward, obviously, you're... You're our local Borussia Dortmund guy. Um, how do you feel? I honestly feel pretty confident. I don't know this. why I said local. Was <laughs> Here's our local correspondent, Edward yeah, Robles. Really? <laughs> it's raining sideways. No, but um, I honestly feel like uh, I'm confident about Marco Rose. So, like, I mean, think, if you think about it, he's um, he's had a good track record against Bayern Munich with Gladback, And then... He's actually played with Halan, even if it was for like half a season um, when he was in Salzburg. So in the end, it's just he has what Borussia Dortmund needs in the moment. It's a three-year contract. I think they're just, you know, they're, they're going to test the waters. And of course, I think they're going to give him a season to try to see if he can do something as a test run. But then the next season is going to be like, okay, yeah, we're going to have to kind of speed things up if you only got three years, you know, kind of thing. First, let's say a season and a half is going to be, okay, you can go around and goof off, I guess you could say. But then <laughs> the next season and a half, we need you to do this. Get it together. Get get some stuff. All right. Done. So, obviously, people are probably, well, I don't know if people really care about, uh, do we have any Borussia Mönchengladbach fans <laughs> listening to us? That would be interesting to, to hear. Oh, um, I'm pretty sure we do. I mean, a lot, a lot of, sometimes you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm not saying, maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway, so Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, so if you guys are wondering what's happening as far as the manager position there, speaking of RB Salzburg, um, Jesse Marsh is looked is rumored, not, not saying it's official, but he is rumored to be the strong candidate to become the manager of Borussia Mönchengladbach, which is kind of interesting to see that a former RB Salzburg manager became the manager of Borussia Mönchengladbach and only to become the new manager of Borussia Dortmund. And so Jesse Marsh, the American. So, you know, we've been talking about how the American players, you know, obviously Weston McKinney, 
Uh, Matthew Hoppy. Oh, okay. Maybe we just started talking about Matthew Hoppy. Um, but uh, Christian Pulisic. Christian Pulisic. Unfortunately, he's he's injured. Go figure. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> that sounded like such, so mean to say, but Christian Pulisic has so many injuries. <laughs> uh, Let's go. Let's move. All right. Um, obviously, Gio Reyna. <laughs> Don't bash. Gio Reyna, Tyler Adams. We're, we're seeing a lot of American players going out there and doing well in Europe. Timothy Weah. Yeah. Um, but we haven't talked about Jesse Marsh, who is an American manager doing pretty well in Europe. I mean, obviously, some of the players that he's a, he's been a part of their development. I'm not going to say he developed, but, but he's definitely been a part of their development. Um, Erling Haaland. Ever heard of him? Yeah. Um, uh, Mina Mao, who currently is in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's a, and I mean, obviously, right now, he's currently working on Brandon Aronson. Yeah. So, an, another American that's playing in Europe. And uh, RB Salzburg has another player. I'm trying to think. An up-and-coming European player. I just can't think of it. There's a bunch of up-and-coming European players in RB Salzburg. Let's face it. <laughs> but, um, Salzburg is a farm team. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, there. I mean, Jesse Marsh, obviously... Did a really good job for these guys to be going elsewhere to big clubs of, of all things, but you know clearly. Do you think that maybe he's following a certain path that maybe you could see Jesse March taking over Borussia Dortmund? Um, obviously pending what Marco Rose does, but um, yeah, but I guess you could say yes. It's just you know what's interesting? I like when I say Marco Rose, I'm trying so hard not to say Royce. <laughs> oh, I know. But yeah, so so yeah. Once again, going back to that question, do you feel that that Jesse Marsh maybe is in line for that Borussia Dortmund job, or do you think this could just be his 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 chance to solidify himself now playing in the Bundesliga, now being a manager in the Bundesliga for a club that I think is a pretty good, decent start as far as being in a Power Five league, um, and and could possibly go elsewhere depending on what he's able to do at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um. I think so, personally. Um, but like I said, I am excited about Marco Rose. Mm-hmm. I am really excited about Marco Rose. He, like I said, he has a track record against Bayern. And that's with Munching Gladbach. So at this point in time, when you have the player, the, the quality of players that Borussia has. And constantly are coming in, by the way. Yeah, and constantly, even the young ones, like even the people that are coming out. Which I'm glad that Dorman has still been able to to keep that academy in tech, obviously when certain managers end up leaving um, those clubs and, you know, we've seen, we've seen a lot of managers that end up not utilizing the youth academies like other managers have. I mean, sir, well, and actually, I, Sir Alex Ferguson never really used the Manchester United Academy. He usually just go and bought other teams. Probably. Oh, yeah, dude. So I'm I don't so does he do go out with youth development? Of course, but not necessarily him finding his own youth Throughout his, his own system, but obviously you think of La Masseya, you think of yeah of Ajax. You, I definitely will say that Dorman is definitely up there with La Masseya and with Ajax, two very iconic uh, youth academies. Obviously, both built by Johan Cruyff, yeah. um, and Dorman just seems I don't know who developed Dorman, but uh, clearly was maybe it was Yo- maybe Johan Cruyff had something to do with it. Maybe for all we yeah. know, because. It's it's a pretty damn good academy. Yeah, it is. I mean, um, the thing with Borussia Dortmund, it's like a lot of their players, you know, they're so they're they're young, and then yet they they develop pretty damn good at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And once they get to not even their prime, like once they get to like twenty, twenty one, twenty two, 
it's like, damn, like you start seeing these guys play and they're, it's pretty intense. Sometimes they don't even get that chance to play that much in Dorthman. They, they just get a butt out real quick. So Dorthman, it's funny to me, they're a high tier team, just like a high tier farming team. Not like Gladbach, Salzburg, Ajax, not like Southampton. That. Southampton. They're more of like, yeah, these guys can be champions. It's just, let them keep the players for a while. <laughs> kind of, kind of <laughs> shit. Just like, can I just, can I just have one? <laughs> can I just have just, one good season? One really the only good season. Player, the only player that didn't leave, and a lot of it was because of injuries, was Marco Rose. It's funny enough, you were also wearing his jersey. Yeah, I know. But it's just, it, 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 it kind of, it makes you think. Yeah, not for sure. But yeah, so congratulations to Marco Rose for being the new man. Well, set to, soon to be the new manager of Borussia Dortmund, and good luck to Jesse March. Hopefully, he does get the job at Borussia March and Gladbach. Um, yeah. But let's go on to this: the final headline, and and it's not so much a headline, mainly just a discussion. And that is, do we have our new goat discussion, our new goat debate? Gee, I wonder who you could be talking about. Well, I mean, obviously, when you think of the- <laughs> it's so scripted, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, ever ever just automatically corny like that. I just um, went with that freaking voice. Anyways, so kind of what I was going with this is obviously, you know, in sports, we always have goat debates, whether it's Pele versus Maradona versus uh, or Tom. I don't know. I guess about the bigger triple threat match right there. <laughs> um, Tom Brady versus Joe Montana, Jordan versus LeBron or Kobe. Um, we've always had a discussion of who is truly the greatest of all time. And obviously if you're talking about currently in soccer, you think of two players and that is one Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Both of them kind of near the, well, should be near the tail end of their careers, um, depending what they do in the MLS. <laughs> but yeah, that's where, you know, these guys are near their, the end of their careers. I mean, obviously Messi is almost going to be, is, is, most likely probably leaving Barcelona, Ronaldo. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up leaving Juventus if he can't win anything there. Uh, and that's a, not saying that he's like a glory hunter. I mean, he's had very long stints everywhere he's, well, I mean, maybe not sporting, but he was in Manchester United. I believe he played over 300 matches or almost 300 matches. Real Madrid, I believe he had, he had like 600 games that he played. And, and I mean, Juventus, I mean, I'm sure... Yeah, I, you never know Ronaldo, but Messi, obviously the guy that has played his whole life in Barcelona. I don't even think he ever got loaned out. Um, right. Huh? I said, right. So, but you know, like I said, both of these guys are kind of near the tail end of their careers. Um, and you have these two very young players that def, I mean, if you didn't know about them before, after last week or the first week of Champions League, you definitely know them now. <laughs> and that is obviously... World Cup winner Kylian Mbappe and Marco Rose, who actually I believe set a UEFA Champions League record this past week. Did you say uh, Kylian Mbappe and Marco Rose? You said said Marco. Dang, my bad. Okay, that is one Kylian Mbappe and you're still stuck on you're still stuck on the manager, bro. We got to move on to the players. Am I Marco Rose or Marco Rose? Uh, (laughs) Right. Uh, I guess the name kind of, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. So and Erling Haaland is the name who 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 just achieved a uh, fuck <laughs> like, uh, a UEFA Champions League record. Take a sip of water, bro. I think you might need it. Yeah, I do. Uh, but yeah, no, I I see you're right, and 
I do agree with you in a certain aspect. Yes, I think that is the next rivalry up and coming. But in my opinion, it kind of has to be like, I mean, it can happen. It can happen at this current Champions League where Dortmund can meet PSG and we see these two go head to head in a certain way. I mean, it could happen. So this basically implies that Barcelona is getting eliminated. Yeah, 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 I'm just saying. I'm like, it can happen. I'm just, uh, I'm holding on a hope and a dream here. But, anyways, I'm just saying, uh, it could be between Haaland and Mbappe at this point. It's kind of like how, remember the, what was it, 07? Was it 07 or 09 that Barcelona and Manchester United met in the final and Messi scored that little fish? Uh, the treble versus treble yeah. match. Yeah, it, it was uh, um, when Messi scored the little goldfish goal. I think definitely. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, that was like that moment where we already knew about Messi and Ronaldo. We knew what these two can do, but I think that that game kind of set it off. It, of, cent- it cemented the rivalry. It yeah. cemented the rivalry between both of them. But I mean, my question is not necessarily, uh, you know, will them playing against each other cement that rivalry? But is this the rivalry? Is the question. Is could this be the rivalry, or are we? Is there another player that we're missing out on that we should probably be throwing in with the, with these two? Yeah, I, I see it. I could I can believe it. And, and so we did end up asking a poll. We did have a poll for this, and um, you know, obviously it was on our Twitter at InternetMFC. Um, we didn't have many votes because you know, obviously we don't have that many followers, but. Um, we did do a, a vote and it was, the question was, who's better? Well, no, who would you rather start your club with? Is that Kylian Mbappe or Erling Haaland or other? We did offer another option and um, everyone did, Sorry. majority, it was a very lopsided vote where everyone picked Mbappe. Um, one vote did have for Erling Haaland, so there was that. Um, and then one voted for other, which was me. Um, and the, the name I decided to drop was Phil Foden. I think I would definitely much rather build my team around Phil Foden. Not no offense to Kylian Mbappe and and Erling Haaland. You guys are this. You guys are nasty and disgusting. And you guys will both look great in Real Madrid jerseys. Oh yeah. God! Here we go. <laughs> I mean, I okay. So spin zone. Technically, Mbappe can play on the wing. <sighs> so there's that. Yes, I I am sacrificing one of my Brazilians. For that to happen, but you know what? I'm willing to take the sacrifice. <laughs> Maybe Dortmund can have Rodrigo. You want Rodrigo? No. You don't want Rodrigo? No. I'll keep Haaland. Thank you. Damn it. <laughs> you don't want Vinicius? No. You can have Vinicius. No. No. You, you want Vinicius? Okay. PSG, you can have Rodrigo or Vinicius. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so the, obviously, with that being said, I think that. Obviously, I believe that we'll really cement it if we see Dortmund versus uh, PSG. But I think that this is definitely the the rivalry that we're going to see. This is going to be the two players that are going to be in the conversation for the Ballon d'Or. Um, these are going to two the two guys that maybe one day we'll be seeing lifting a Champions League trophy. Yeah. Um, is there going to be one? Is one of them going to stay with one club and the other one going to be going from club to club like Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, and then have just one day finally just be fed up with the club he's with and go elsewhere. Who knows? <laughs> but, Nobody knows, bro. Nobody knows. Um, but obviously, the one the one thing that we know for sure is if anyone tries to throw anything over one of these two, which obviously we've we've seen that with the Ronaldo and Messi argument is what have they done for the national team? And obviously, 
Messi hasn't lifted any trophies with Argentina. Ronaldo has, I mean, take it for what you want, has <laughs> lifted a Euro, even though he was not playing in that final because he got hurt. Yeah. Um, but he did win a trophy nonetheless. Um, so that is a question mark. And obviously the question would be, unfortunately, I just don't think Erling Haaland would ever have any success national team-wise just because of the fact that, no offense to Norway, but it's just not up there. And I mean, <laughs> luckily enough for Mbappe, he plays for France, which they're just seems stacked. like they just, they just re- kind of similar to, to Bayern Munich, just have somebody in the back in the back burner ready to go. Yeah, pretty much, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's that. So I do think that this is the rivalry in the making. Um, it's going to be really fun. I mean, I, I will say, I will say Phil Fonden could be that player that could make an argument. Um, I could actually see Phil Fonden be the, the guy that sticks with Man City for his whole career or majority of his career. I won't say, f- like, play only at Man City. Maybe he, um, maybe he goes to the MLS or, or goes and plays for PSG. I don't know, somewhere. Maybe PSG still stays relevant. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But anyways, so uh, is there an, is there another player that you could think of? Um, not really, bro. Okay. All right. So yeah. I mean, I mean, the only player that I can think of, but right now he's out, is Ansu Fati. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give him that. All right. So maybe he maybe he's the guy that stays in, in Barcelona all his whole career. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You have your doubts. All right, man. So let's get. Dang, I'm <laughs> just banging myself on everything. All right, game recaps. There were. Are you ready? Yeah, let's right. do it. What's your game to recap? Uh, okay. So my game to recap, <clears throat> which I don't know if you will find it humorous or you know you agree with me, but my game to recap is actually uh, Inter Milan versus AC Milan, which. Hey, they had a split. The robbery's back, right? They, oh, they split yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they uh, Inter Milan won 3-0. Um, although AC Milan had 60% of the possession. and But Inter outshot them 16 shots to 14. And mind you, everybody was kind of focused on if Slatan and Okaku were probably going to go at it again. I don't think they... <clears throat> I, I mean, obviously, we both kind of said it was kind of the heat of the moment. You know, you're... These are two very competitive athletes. Mm-hmm. They're two um, monsters, yeah. By the but, way, because they're both massive. Oh yeah. Um, and, and it's crazy to think, even with Zlatan's age, he still moves pretty good. Um, I mean, not, not obviously not the young Zlatan that we know of, but obviously still moves pretty well on the field. Um, but no, I mean, like I said, these guys are professionals. They got these guys were great friends in Manchester United. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Like I mean, obviously, I wasn't expecting them to like. Oh, as this isn't the WWE where all of a sudden you just start seeing them, you know, flail some punches at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Which always, I will say, was kind of funny to watch in, in wrestling. You know what I'm talking about? You know, when they start like, like throwing some little jabs at each other. It's like never, they're never like fully swinging. They're just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you. <laughs> but anyways, but obviously that wasn't going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen. Like I said, it's heat of the moment. That you, you say some shit in the heat of the moment, but um, obviously don't, Obviously, don't 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 tell him to go do his voodoo shit. You know? Yeah, because he, he he did some voodoo shit. <laughs> Scored no, a goal. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, but the thing is, Lautaro was the one that shined. He scored two goals. No, okay, yeah. So I mean, Lautaro had a great game. 
I will say, man, you got to give credit to the goalkeeper, Hendanovic. I mean, he kept a clean sheet and had eight saves. Yeah. So, yeah. so there is that. Um, so my game to recap is Everton beating Liverpool two to nothing. Um, I think that you can say the the process is done. No, not fairly because they're, they're they're not they're not in the discussion for the, for the title, and neither is uh, apparently Liverpool. Um, but obviously, winning the Merseyside Derby um, is is big for Everton fans. Um, Liverpool had seventy one percent of the possession, and Liverpool outshot Everton fifteen to nine. And this also marks four straight EPL losses for Liverpool. Um, but let's talk about the real story of this rivalry, and that is one right. Pepper at Pepper Mills three on on Twitter, who drops a hype video, the most cringiest, clearly green screen video I've ever seen in my life. Um, but it was nothing but amazing. <laughs> Oh crap! Uh, we will thrash you. Was she basically did a parody of "We Will Rock You" um, by by Queen? Um, some may say that she butchered a legendary song. Damn. Some say she she butchered a song, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, you know she she's the reason why they won. I think they watched that video and got hyped and then won. They said we will thrash you. Yeah, I highly doubt it, but <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. It did get a lot of views. It did get a lot of retweets. So. Um, congratulations to Pepper Mills. You you got your team hyped. All right. All right, man. So we did the game recaps. Let's get going to our interview with Victor Ariza. Like I said, this is an interview that I've I've want I actually wanted to do when I started this podcast and kind of pretty cool that I've been able to accomplish. This isn't like the end all be all interview. Obviously, there's other people that I, I wish to interview, but this was definitely a local person that I would I wanted to interview just because of of you know, what he's been able to accomplish. Um, and, and kind of similar to what he's, he says in his interview that this, this is a passion project that he's been working on and to now be able to have some, a platform like the striker, Texas, um, it just kind of shows, you know, you just got to put in the hard work and, and things will follow. So, um, so here's our interview with Victor. Arise. guys with me is a very special guest somebody that i actually met before before i started this podcast um he has written for conquer cap he's running for sportsmat.com uh he has produced soccer matters with glenn davis and is currently the senior writer for the striker texas and the host of the mls podcast for the striker texas and that is victor mr victor ariza oh thank you Victor. nice to uh share the platform here with you guys anytime uh no problem man um, so like I said, we've, we've actually met before. It was like back in 2018, uh, just vaguely, rem- I personally vaguely remember it just because like, I remember going to, I don't even remember the name of the bar anymore, but it was a, a live show of the, of soccer matters. I, I didn't even know you were no longer the producer for that show, but, um, yeah, the gorgeous Gale. Um, yeah, that was back when we could have road shows, right? Yeah. Missed those, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, just soccer keeps growing every year in this city. And I think, uh, that was always cool. I used to, I mean, because before I was with Glenn, uh, working with Glenn on the show, I used to be a fan of his show. I used to go to some of these road shows. So, um, I don't know, always getting to be on the other side of those, I think was always cool to me. 
Yeah, um, I mean, especially with someone with Glenn Davis, obviously that's a... I, I feel like that's somebody very influential in, in the soccer world. Obviously, he's announced World Cup matches um, and has definitely been a part of it. So I think for you to get a chance to work for him, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it could be... Couldn't have a better boss um, in that sense. And, um, you know, just soaking in everything he knows about the game, broadcasts, um, just... The history alone, too. I mean, going back to Houston soccer history, meeting some of the people that have been around, you know, going into some of his playing days. I mean, it's we don't have enough people covering media, I think, um, to go through some of this. And that's why, um, you know, part of the plan now that I, uh, the Striker Texas kind of uh, surge here um, is to see some of these stories from Houston soccer history and, and kind of dive into. Uh, more of that stuff because I, at least for me, I'm kind of like a history junkie whenever I, I um, especially about soccer because obviously I, I love the sport. Um, so I always find it fascinating. Uh, you, know, I'm, I, you know, I'm the type of guy, I'll call Wikipedia and like look up or just Google, right? Just kind of look up like Houston, like old Houston soccer stuff. Um, anything I can find. I know it's kind of hard because it's as far as documenting history. I mean, it's, it's hard to find like newspaper clippings from those days. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, anyways, back to the point of, uh, Glenn's a good guy to hang around with and learn a lot of stuff from personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love Glenn Davis. Obviously he announces games for the Houston Dynamo. I think the, the only thing I, I'll ever, I think it, it's not necessarily like a negative thing, but whenever I saw Glenn Davis, I was like, man, this guy looks like somebody that has bad coffee breath. I don't know if it's actually... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does drink a lot of coffee, so there's that. I, I don't know what it was. I remember just watching like a pregame show for the Houston Dynamo and me, some of my friends were just shooting the shit and like the first thing I said was like, Glenn Davis just looks like somebody that has bad coffee breath. Like, I mean, that's not necessarily like a, oh, a, a, a shot at him. Uh, but, he does know. drink a lot of coffee, man. I, I've never... Uh, I don't think I've gotten that close to him ever to see if he has bad coffee breath, but... Uh, I gotta watch that myself because I like coffee too. So, <laughs> so I mean, maybe I'm or not that start far off. Start carrying some that. gum or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually very helpful. But uh, not, you know, obviously, Glenn Davis is very uh, is a great person to know. But let's talk about yourself. So, what exactly got you into soccer? Yeah, well, um, I'm Mexican American, so that kind of covers it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no um, yeah, just I grew up liking the sport, um, watching Liga MX. Um, to be honest, it's, it took me a while because I didn't, like, I, like I tell you, I used to watch games like here and there, but it wasn't like a hardcore soccer fan so much growing up because my parents aren't really, um, soccer fans, like hardcore soccer fans themselves. But I mean, if you're Mexican, you watch the world cup, right? Every four mm-hmm. years. And, and so everybody has Mexico fever when it comes to, you know, to, to the world cup. And that's kind of how I started getting more and more into it. Um, and it wasn't until in high school when I started, you know, like playing soccer on a team, um, you know, maybe through some like family, like just some family friends, I also got into the sport, but, but mainly I picked it up, um, pretty much in my high school years. I started playing FIFA and that's how I kind of, you know, went into actually knowing the rules and studying it a bit more. Uh, the Dynamo came around around that time. So, um, because when I actually started watching MLS, it was because of Chivas USA, because I mean, it was Mexico connection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next season is when the Dynamo comes to, to Houston, uh, you know, start watching them, start kind of, you know, just diving into, 
you know, stats, players, you know, who was, you know, just, you know, the more and more you watch, right, the more you learn about the sport. And then now it's just uh, where I am today. I mean, a, a couple of years after, you know, um, right around the time I was in college, I got to start covering the team um, for a TV station, Channel 51, uh, Steka Houston. And it was actually weird because I, cause I used to be a Dynamo season ticket holder, right? Um, so I went to one of the games and one of my, uh, my best friend actually, uh, came with me to one of the games and he's the one who wanted to go into, um, sports journalism. So there was a tent outside for the, for, for this TV station, I think at Houston. And, then, uh, he's the one that asked about an opportunity and then we sent in our resumes and then, um, that was the one season. I think it was the only season they had the rights to the dynamo games. And because they got it so late in, in the game and, um, like, like almost a couple weeks before the season started, um, the games were in deferred. But that's when I got to kind of start in uh, as a producer, learning how to produce video, uh, producing some of the, uh, or, or actually most of the games, um, starting going to Dynamo practices and, and kind of just collecting footage and, and that kind of stuff. And that's just kind of how I got started. But um like I said, the more, as time went on, I just kind of became more and more a fan of the sport. But I guess if you tie it into one big moment, I'd say the 2002 World Cup uh, when Mexico played in it. And then and then obviously that U.S.-Mexico game, which was so uh, pivotal for both sides. And for me, um, you know, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm a fan of both uh, teams, U.S. and Mexico, uh, because that's who I am. You know, I'm, I'm half and half. And I mean, that's... Uh, I want both of them to do well. So um, I feel like you have it a that, little bit easier. That for me, it's pretty much it. Yeah. I feel like you have it a little easier since you're, you're Mexican American. I'm Salvadoran American. So, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's easy. Well, it's easy to root for a team when you get to the World Cup, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I feel like maybe like you have it easier because it's, um, like I said, because then you just root for the USA, right? And it's yeah. like, it's just, it's, it's pretty much normal, but with like Mexico and the US, it's almost like you have to pick one. And I'm like, I don't care about picking one. I want I want both of them to do well. Dude, if they both I got I got a stake in both horses. This is the way I look at it. That'd be very interesting though if somehow you can have like a USA Mexico World Cup final. Well probably not nice. gonna happen, but <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> so I mean you kind of touched up on on how you got into journalism but what in, what what essentially got you to want to cover specifically soccer though? Um, I guess it's just, I mean, I just kind of went into it. I, I really, I just want to do all the sports and I did a little bit of everything. Um, and again, being, being, starting in TV, being in this, like I kind of got to cover everything at first. Um, I got to do soccer, I got to cover the dynamo and then some of the, uh, I think the first big tournament was like the gold cup that year, um, at NRG. And if I'm mistaken, that's when the U.S. played there. It's like the like a semifinal doubleheader, I think. Uh, the U.S. played there, and then also Mexico played there. So I got, to, I mean, I got to kind of see both teams. Um, that was kind of cool for me because, like I said, I got to. It was the first time I ever, you know, did some of the stuff that now it's routine to me, right? Like covering practices the day before a game, um, you know, cover the day of the game, post game interviews. Um, and then I also got to do the other sports. I got to cover the Texans. I got to cover the Rockets and the Astros. So I got to see all sides of it. And, and in general, I just kind of wanted to cover all the sports. But then as I started to 
uh, as you know, as I graduated from college and as, as I started to kind of uh, focus in, I I kind of just started going into just covering Dynamo, right? Or mostly covering Dynamo because it's um, one, because I was kind of, pa- I was passionate about it. I wanted to give the team more coverage considering that, you know, in this town, it's not hard to find coverage for the other teams. Um, and the other part of it is just because nobody else was, was, was really doing it. I, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, oh, here's a way I can kind of start building a following as well. And as far as starting building my career and then, you know, as I started doing writing and, and, and radio and you know, more stuff like this, I was like, well, I can only, I mean, I, I got to start kind of picking what I want to do. Right. And I guess I was like, well, why don't I just focus 100% on soccer? Because that's, uh, again, just giving it more importance, doing it right. Uh, not dividing up my time between different things. Um, and I mean, thankfully, uh, again, you know, for, uh, people like Glenn and then now the strike to Texas, um, I'm able to do it, uh, and make a living at it. And, and I love doing it and, and hopefully it only gets better and we can only, uh, you know, inspire more people to, to give coverage and, and hopefully, and, and again, just do a better job overall, hope, grow the sport that way, because I think it's still, uh, missing more coverage. No, yeah, for sure. I think um, obviously when we talk about when everyone hears about U.S. soccer, we we've kind of I feel like we've touched a lot of of what exactly the soccer culture is in the U.S. But I think that uh, being from the state of Texas, I think it, it it definitely has its own identity versus the rest of the country, and especially as now you're seeing more uh, Texas-based players playing not only here in in the U.S. but also in in Europe. Um, right. What exactly do you think is the soccer culture in Texas? Um, well, I think it might be one that's kind of unknown. I mean, um, you know, over the striker Texas, we just had a what was it, the Texas Soccer Summit, right? It was kind of like a four day um, virtual convention. That's what I put it. Um, and we got to talk to several of the of the key stakeholders of the game, right? I mean, we, we touched on. You know, the MLS teams, you know, youth soccer, women's soccer. And, and I think, um, you know, for anybody that wants to kind of get a gauge on, on what the state of Texas soccer is, I think that's a good way to, a good place to go and, and check out all the panels. I think uh, they're all on YouTube as well uh, on, on the Striker Texas channel and, and get a feel for what, um, what everybody's perspective is. But overall, I think it's absolutely a soccer state. Um, it's obviously one of the bigger states in the United States. So you can only imagine that, you know, it's one of the um, more um, um, populated soccer states. And for anybody that has been to Texas, has come across, you know, any of the cities, um, you know, it's not just FC Dallas producing players. I mean, there's a, there may be lack of a like you know first division NCAA teams here men's I mean and maybe that's kind of you know in the national stage you know when it gets judged they look at you know well there's only you know like a few division one men's programs um, you know there's the MLS teams but obviously Dallas and Houston have struggled with attendance and they just base it off of that but that's not what Texas is anybody especially here in Houston you know go any side of town and you'll run into a soccer field. And you'll see people playing the game. Uh, anytime there's a big game in town, it gets filled up. Yeah. Um, you go to bars and you see supporters uh, groups of all kinds of teams from all over the world, right? 
I mean, obviously the EPL teams, but there's La Liga supporter groups. So there's a uh, Bundesliga, um, you know, there, you know, the Mexican teams also as well, which is the most watched league in, in the United States. Um, anybody that doesn't see that is just not seeing the bigger picture or just hasn't been informed of the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's definitely something unique about Houston. Um, you know, one of the, one of the cities that I think I find most envious of, as far as like soccer goes, I think is definitely Portland. I think Portland has kind of yeah. definitely developed its own, uh, culture in its way. Yeah. And the cool thing about them and dude, and that's the kind of thing that I'm always like, <sighs> Like I was lucky I got to go to Portland. I got to go to Seattle for um, the two games Dynamo uh, were in the playoffs against those two teams in 2017. Um, seeing the culture there, to me, it's like, yeah, dude, why can't we replicate this in Houston? Because again, we're only looking, to, we're, you know, I'm talking about the city here. We're only, we're in a city of what? About six, seven million people, uh, you know, counting in the whole metro area. And we're talking about trying to fill up a stadium of, of 20,000 people, right? For 17 games a year. And I mean, obviously now during COVID, it's, it's way limited. But um, to me, it just seems, and I'm obviously, it's easy for me to say, right? Because I'm on the outside. Like, I don't, I don't work for the Dynamo. I'm not inside their meetings. I don't, you know, and, and, and hopefully we can try to get more of an idea of what, of what people think. But, you know, for us... All of us who have been here the last couple of years, um, it seems like there's a disconnect, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the Dynamo just simply aren't hitting. Uh, and I mean, Twitter is a good gauge for that. If you go on there, there are Facebook comments. So you can look on there. Um, there's a soccer culture in the city that at least has an opinion about the team. Um, you think it'd be, I don't want to say easy, but you think it'd be accessible to bring in 20,000 people a game. And honestly, that's all Portland does, right? Because I mean, that's they have a smaller stadium too. Um, and really, in the bigger scope of things, we should be like a Seattle or an Atlanta that you know can get thirty thousand people to like an NRG stadium or something like that. Um, you know, we can go on and on about what it is, but the cool thing I liked about Portland and Seattle is that they conserve their history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know Portland's history in soccer. Um, and I go back to the history here. I mean, dude, the Houston Stars, um, you know, the Houston Dynamos, uh, uh, the Houston Hotshots. I mean, we have plenty of history to, to kind of go back and, 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 you know, be proud of, right? Mm-hmm. And if I was a Dynamo, I, I don't understand, you know, and maybe I've, I've never honestly talked to any of the, of the big honchos, right? Any of the owners or anything like that to be able to know this answer. But so that, that's, I'm just giving you my personal opinion, but I don't understand why if I'm them, well, I, I would just buy that history, right? Have mm-hmm. like a retro Jersey of the Houston stars for one of the games, or even if, even if it's just like a giveaway, right? I mean, stuff like that, that just, you know, whatever, you know, do, a, do what the Rockets did, right? Get an H town, you know, Euler blue Jersey, third Jersey or something, or I don't know, find some way to connect to the other sports that way. Um, maybe now with the rebrand, that's kind of more of the stuff they'll try to do. But um, the closest thing we've seen was the kind of reddish orange third kit. They did that mm-hmm. one season. I think um, a kit that everybody, a lot of people loved actually. Yeah, everybody loved it. No, I thought that was a huge, I mean, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but it seemed from people buying it, that was a huge hit. 
Um, you know, stuff like that. I don't understand why. I mean, how much could could it cost? I mean, you'd you'd probably get this if you go to the owners or I mean, whoever owns copyrights some of this stuff. I mean, you probably get that stuff for free if you just ask, right? Mm-hmm. Um, honor some of the people from the past. Get them involved. Um, just and and especially here where we probably have I don't know, like so many Mexican players. Uh, you know, from the rumors you hear, right, or or, or the or the, or the whispers, right, that you know we have. Uh, Former Mexican players living in the Woodlands, living in Katy, get them involved, right? And get get more of the or just former players. It doesn't have to be Mexican. I'm just saying, you know, just because that's from what I've heard, right? But if there's former players from all over the world, yeah. get them involved. I think personally, for me, uh, there is for me. I think that the emphasis, specifically as far as like Latin based uh, players, I think Mexico is to me the the direction to go, and it's just because of. We've seen it. We and I think that, and I've said this. Me and Edward have said this plenty of times in our in our podcast. Is just how uh, strong the the fan is, the fandom is for Mexico for El Tri. Um, you right. see it all the time, and I mean they they follow, they go. Like I mean, most of the time, especially here in the U.S., it seems like it's more of a home game for Mexico than it is for. For any other team, even even for the U.S., it's it's more of a stronger home game for Mexico, and it's just because of the fact that these fans they travel so well. And I think to me, it, it, that's, that's something that I feel that's missing for the Houston Dynamo is that they they have and they and they're in a prime location in a city that has a large Mexican demographic. And then why wouldn't you go out there and and get yourself maybe not a I, I mean ideally I would say a high profile Mexican player, but not saying like a chicharito or something like that, but definitely get someone that you know the fans are going to be able to know immediately. And I think that that's that could definitely help them out. Um, but I think that to me, Mexico is definitely the way to go for the Houston Dynamo. Yeah, and well, I mean, it doesn't have to be necessarily, but I think I mean, you obviously mentioned the obvious reasons why. Um, but the point I was trying to get to is that Portland and Seattle connect, right? Mm-hmm. They connect with with the fans, soccer fans in in their city, um, and to me, that's been a big part of why the Dynamo hasn't been successful because they haven't connected. Um, the best connection they had was in the early years. I mean, it's not just. I mean, yeah, the championships helped out a lot, but it's also that you had the opportunity. You got to mingle with Brian Ching and Eddie Robinson, right? And you know, and Corey Ash and, and Dwayne De Rosario, and you got to know these people, right? Chris Wondolowski, you know, he's coaching. I'm sure, you know, you know, people got to know these players, and it became easier to root for them because it's, it, you know, it's it's somebody from your community, it's somebody you know. It's, I mean, it's not, um, you know, the big star, right? I mean, it, it's just, and and and, but even on the on the larger scale, right? I mean, why is JJ Watt so famous in Houston? Because of his efforts, right, in the community. And pe- people fall in love with that kind of stuff. And that's what, what that early Dynamo team had. And I go back to it. I mean, and I know because at some point I try to uh, apply it, um, you know, to, to work communications to the Dynamo. It's, um, and, and, you know, when I, when I submitted my application, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I put in. I mean, it's just it's like a connection. People need to know these stories. People need to know the players. People don't know the players they have mm-hmm. now. Um you know, Albert Elise and Mauro Manotas to me would have been big hits in the city of Houston, larger than the, what they already were. The the little they they were hits with the hardcore fans was because because people knew their story, fell in love with them. But imagine if they spoke English 
imagine if they can connect that way to the, to, to that audience, right? Because a lot of the, the hardcore Dynamo fans, you know, speak English only, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I feel like there's that lack of connection there. Um, going a little bit farther back, I think, you know, maybe that was part of it too, or maybe just players became inaccessible for one reason or another. Uh, you know, I'm not going to dive too much into what those reasons are, but dude, I remember the, one of the biggest things, uh, and I know because again, I was the season ticket holder. I was a fan of, at Robertson Stadium. After the game, where was the spot you go? The corner, uh, yeah, Glenn Davis was radio show, but that was also outside the locker room, right? And you knew that's where the players mingled after the game. That's where you'd get an autograph. Um, you know, even inside Robertson, right? Like when you come, uh, I used to sometimes in the second level too. So you, you come down by those stairs, uh, right by the by the team locker room, just to see the players go into the locker room and kind of just like wave, say hello, and kind of just get a you know, a wave, just something, right? I mean, it, and my point is that it was they were accessible at Robertson, and when they moved to BBA, you lose some of that. I mean, you no longer had the you know meet meet the players after the game thing, right? I mean, it, it it's kind of it's kind of like there's a division now. And, and to me, that's kind of one of the things they've, they've struggled to get back. And, and in many times, many, yeah, many, many ways. I, I, kind I, of totally, I totally agree with that. that. I, I remember, um, I, I used, I was a season ticket holder at one point at, at BBVA. And I remember they did this thing where you, you were on the lucky section or lucky row. Yeah. Um, and you were, you got to do a, a post game meeting with a, with the player and it, it, but it was so like you had to meet at a certain location at a certain minute at the game, and it was like, well, now I gotta miss the game to go yeah. down, go downstairs. No, to- they make it hard. They make it hard now, and it's like, come on, man! Like the whole point is to get people to fall in love with your team. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost seems like an exclusive thing, right? Like I know, like even now when I do some some media stuff, and I see, uh, you know, all players are doing like, uh, or, or there's like corporate stuff going on in the stadium, right? Or there's like players are, you know, they got to go do this. Uh, can't do interviews because you got to go do this thing for a corporate, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, do the corporate people even care about mm-hmm. about the team or about the players you're meeting? Do that for the regular fans, you know? Do that for the hardcore fans because uh, at the end of the day, you go back to the same thing. And, and maybe this is just again, I can only speak to to my culture and and you know what it is in in Mexico, right? And you know, it's Mexican Americans. Um, we put our hard-earned money for these tickets, right? So, and then that's why you, you see them so into the team. Um, Passion and all that. Yep. Yeah, and the players that that respect that, that 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 feel that that you know, that say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna bust my ass on the field because these these people paid money, hard-earned money to see me, right? Mm-hmm. This is part of their paycheck. This is a, you know, I don't want substantial, but this is a big, you know, good chunk of what they earned this week." To come see me play, and there was that respect. And that, I mean, that's, that's what I mean. Just in, I'm not saying the players now don't have that. I'm just saying that fans there's a disconnect. Don't feel that connection. They they, they don't hear that from the players, right? No, totally. I, I think that like from the as far as like the Dynamo, there's been a disconnect, especially this recent uh, season. And then you have just the poor performance that they had at the the MLS's back tournament, and then had an, a, a crazy good start for their, the, the return of the season and then just kind of fall apart just for that second half of it or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. 
and and then you you hear the rumors of a possible rebrand. Like you didn't know what the rebrand entailed, but you just knew that the Athletic dropped this this bombshell on on all Dynamo fans, which. Um, you already had some frustration with the Dynamo fans. Obviously, they created the Dynamo fans for Change Group. Um, some people can right. take it for what it is. Uh, some people can see it as something that's maybe causing some change. Others see it as like a a cry factory for people just wanting to complain. Um, I see it kind of on both ways. I can see both ends for it. Some fans I feel right. that in that group kind of complain too much for me. Um, but I see. I can also, you know, we want to see some change in this in this ownership. And then this rebrand uh, article drops on the Athletic and. And, you know, there's some concerns because obviously you're like, we kind of want the color scheme to stay. I think that this is a, the, the orange and black is, is a unique color scheme. And with the with that with that blue, I think it's a unique color scheme that I don't think many teams could really knock as like hit as much as like the Dynamo has. The name is great. I don't think there was an issue with the name. I think I think for me from that whole thing, I was like, I can I can be OK with a logo change, but I wasn't necessarily that against the, the logo itself. But in, in general, I think the consensus as far as, as far as I knew from other Dynamo fans was it's not so much the logo or the name or the, the color scheme. It's just the way this team has been run. And I think right. you know, as we as we heard them hype up this new logo, this new brand, you you still see the fans just being frustrated because you know they want this team to be competitive. You want to see this you've you know. On the you know up north, you see FC Dallas, you know another FC Dallas product going to play for Bayern Munich, another FC Dallas product playing for Juventus. You know the FC Dallas Academy is like something that everyone speaks so highly on, and you know the you know for the Dynamo, you know obviously I, I don't know for who 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 feels everybody, but I feel that Memo Rodriguez is best definitely our gem uh, from the academy system. Even though I'm sure that there has been other great academy products that that Dynamo have, but they just never utilized. Um, but you know you have that frustration that the with the youth academy system, um, and then you know once again this organ you know some people feel that this organization is just cheap, um, and and I can't not argue you know I can't find an argument to yeah they're all valid points yeah. yeah so and then when this, the logo comes out and I'm pretty sure if the Dynamo organization actually had that connection with the fans you would they would have known how angry the fans were when they saw this new logo. Um, and then, weirdly enough, they decided to throw an FC in front of Houston Dynamo, uh, which that that I just kind of right. laughed because that's essentially our podcast's name is insert name FC because that's basically <laughs> what they applied. Yeah, well, you got one more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you said, everybody has their opinion on it. Um, I think everybody has a point, right, in some way or another. Um, but and again, the biggest thing to me, look, fans have been asking for a, a logo change for a while, right? So I, I think maybe from that perspective, uh, you know, there's always going to be people who would like it and who don't. Um, the biggest thing to me was just adding the FC on it. Um, I think the reason I've heard was uh, they, you know, officially now, or at least the way they've positioned the club um, under this front office is they want to be... Um, you know, I guess a traditional football club, however you may take that, right? Where the Dynamo is the main team, you know, the Dash and Extension, they got the youth set up um, the right way, more organized, you know. Does that mean anything? I don't know. Um, I think from what we've seen under the new leadership, right, under John Walker, you you see 
the clubs trying to be maybe a little more transparent, maybe. Um, I mean, I think that that's for people to decide, but I just think you're seeing them good. Some, you're seeing them do some good things, but overall, I mean, and, and and to no fault of their own, but I also think it's something they have to understand. Uh, the team, the um, the organization is fans have gotten lip service for a long, 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 long time, and they're just tired of it, right? And that's a big reason why Matt Jordan, who Maybe he's doing a better job than most people think, but the lip service loses people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's where where people just ah, oh, this guy's just giving us a runaround. It's just oh you know. man, I did. I, I mean, I've I've been very vocal about Matt Jordan on this show, and and I, I'm personally on the whole bandwagon of letting this guy go. Uh, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm sure he can prove me wrong in in this one year extension that he got, but. I think I've gotten all that I've I've got, I've wanted from Matt Jordan to this point where it's just I'm just tired of it. I, I think that's just I think that's the right word to say. I think just Dynamo fans are just tired. Yeah, they're jaded. I mean, I mean, it's, it's 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 been enough, right? And now you're just I mean, yeah, and maybe the timing of it is also another thing, right? I mean, maybe maybe if you present this closer to you know at you know, this year, right in 2021. Uh, you do a bit, you know, do your presentation with Bahamich. I don't know. You, I don't know. I guess there's different, um, different ways that they maybe could have done it differently. But the biggest one I think that stands out, um, and I don't know if this is tone deaf. Uh, I think maybe it's just, I go back to it. I think they're just getting advice from the wrong people or just, you know, it's that they don't identify with the soccer crowd. Um, things like, Okay, you're gonna add a C, fine, but what's your explanation for it? When the owner comes out and says, "Well, before we used to be just a soccer team in the city of Houston, now we're a football club," that rows people the wrong way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's hard not to see that because again, if you're a hardcore soccer fan, even if it's you know from one of the EPL teams, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that rows people the wrong way from you know from those teams, right? That's why that's why you know there's Arsenal fans protesting their team. You know, because of their ownership, that's why you have like uh, Manchester United fans uh, mad with the Glazers, right? I mean, it happens all at clubs all over the world. But um, ultimately, I think that again, it just goes back to, to that disconnect. Um, and their only ally is time. I mean, time will tell if this really is a reorganization of uh, of the club. If this is actually uh, something for the better, if they start producing, you know, youth players, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can understand why people don't buy it because it's, you know, they've been, they've been buying PS for, for years and years. Yeah, totally. So I'm a, let's move on for the Dynamo because I feel like, I feel yeah. like we can, we can, right. we can, we can go hours without talking about the Dynamo, but, um, let's, let's talk about the striker Texas. Obviously this is, this is a creation of not only yourself, but other writers across the state of Texas that are, so what, ex- how, how did the striker Texas come to be and what exactly is the goal, uh, for the striker Texas? Well, I'll start with the second one. The goal is more coverage, um, providing, um, you know, closer coverage, uh, meaningful coverage to, to the teams um, um, that are in the state of Texas, right? And especially the bigger markets uh, are obviously going to focus a little bit on, on the MLS teams, right? Houston, Dallas, and, and Austin. Um but there's also uh, a focus on trying to give everybody a voice, right? Not just those, not just, again, because it's not just the MLS teams in every city. Uh, there's youth clubs. Uh, there's high school soccer. There's college soccer. 
there's the grassroots, uh, there's, you know, there's just the amateur leagues, they aren't affiliated, right? Like everybody in anything that has to do with soccer in those cities, I think that's kind of what, that that's what the striker Texas is uh, going to be focused on covering. And, um, our, you know, our, our, our strength is obviously going to be the three MLS markets, but there's also a presence in uh, every other market that has uh, a pro team in it. At least, you know, for now, I think it's the focus on the pro teams as well, but also the youth clubs up San Antonio, uh, you know, uh, RGV, uh, El Paso. And, and I think with time, it'll, it'll grow more and more. It's writing. Um, I know we've started publishing some podcasts. I think there's emphasis on trying to do more video. Uh, but ultimately, it's to give coverage to the game in the state of Texas because we've lacked it. I mean, um, lacked it in, in big numbers, right? It's not like it hasn't been there, I think. If you see the TV stations, uh, and it's obviously better than, than it's probably been in, in, in other years. Um, but also, the TV stations only have so much time to dedicate uh, to the teams, right? And to, again, and it's not just the, the MLS teams, it's, you know, it's every level. Um, so that's what the Striker Texas is trying to accomplish. Uh, uh, Chris Bills is, uh, uh, one of the, one of the leaders of it, uh, kind of the guy who wrangled us together, uh, John Arnold and myself. And, um, Joanna Gretchel, who's our editor, uh, is obviously a big part of it as well. And then, um, Roberto Silva, who uh, and Rene Vandezen, who have uh, been the big backers of the project, and you know we go back to you know Project Things funding, and they've obviously uh, you know put the money behind it and let let us uh, get to work, and hopefully it um, it's around for a long, long time, and and people are happy with the with the work that we do. Uh, hopefully, they support with the work that we do, and and it grows, and and we um, show. Uh, you know, the evidence that, you know, there's, there's a spot for soccer coverage in Texas. Um, you know, it's simply nobody wanted to, to pony up and, 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 um, have a project like this, right. Uh, cause, cause again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to throw dirt on everybody that's, that's provided coverage so far, but for, I mean, but the, ultimately what it comes down to, and I'll tell you, cause I did freelance for, for a lot of years, um, and I mean, you guys know this as well because you do this now. I mean, a lot of this is a passion project, right? Mm-hmm. And it's putting your own money into it. Um, um, and that's why there's a lot of podcasts that kind of like start and then stop um, because it's it's hard to just kind of like you know put your own dimes into into your own project. So I think um, you know having it be a, a company, uh, try to be a, a media company that stands for for a while and. Um, not only competes but tries to, you know, take a, a hold of the market. I think that's that's what we're trying to do. No, yeah, I mean, I think I think more and more is it's this game needs to be showcased more. And I mean, we do have a league, and it's growing, and it's getting better. Um, but there's it's more than just the MLS. You know, uh, you know, NWSL obviously, women's soccer is dominating uh, here as far as the US being the dominant team. Um, but you know, there's other you know, so, you know, resources for to acquire talent as well. And obviously, you mentioned those those, those teams that aren't affiliated with with a specific league or team um, that definitely deserve to be showcased, and even the high school level as well. Um, so, and I mean, Texas is one of those things that is it's so mixed with with. I mean, the U.S. in general is mixed, but I think what Texas has um, 
you know, it's just something very different. And, and I think that what you guys are doing is is definitely awesome. And I, and I do hope that you guys uh, continue to grow. Um, hopefully we do as well. But definitely, you know, you guys are doing something a lot larger than what we're doing. We're just two idiots that like to talk soccer. So. No, but everything counts. I mean, I always think, I'll tell you, because I used to do it, right? I used to be one of these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but but I like to give credit you know, to people that, that, like I said, that, that put money into it um, and and try to make this. And, and more than anything, the people that see the respect for the sport, right? Like, um, um, like one of the people that, that always comes up as well is, I mean, obviously Glenn, because Glenn's put on and, and held um, soccer and radio for so many years. Um, but also guys like Fred Fowler um, uh, on ESPN, who used to be at the Chronicle, who used to be a sports editor. And we need more sports editors like that. At um, you know, whatever you may think of, uh, you know, newspapers or uh, you know whether they're dying or or you know if you, you know if TV is still like the big player and uh, radio stations. I mean, yeah, maybe a lot of it is people don't know the game, but we need people to respect the game, right, and give it its own. Um, space. Like, for example, I think maybe part of that is, um, you know, Maradona just died, right? Mm -hmm. uh, recently. And you see a lot of uh, like radio talk shows and, and, you know, that give it that importance, right? And there's probably a lot of TV stations or radio talk shows that, you know, it's one of the bigger stories in all of sports and probably didn't even, you know, give, give to a uh, uh, care enough to cover it. And that's what I mean. I mean, we need people that know the, what, what the sport is and, and, and not just in, in this country, but in the world, but, but especially what it means to locally, right? Because when you have such a, a city like Houston that has people from, from all over the globe um, that feel the sport, that have an interest in it, um, there's certainly a market there to be had, I think. And maybe other people just haven't believed in it. And again, that goes back to, to the striker. I mean, we believe there's a market uh, for for soccer coverage. People that already love the game that just want to know more about it. Yeah, completely. Um, so I think that that's an, uh, all the time that we have for you, man. Thank you so much for for doing this interview. Uh, definitely would love to have you back anytime that you want. Um, you're a friend of the show. So by all means. Uh, but before we end this, just tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, uh, at Victor Rise on Twitter. Um, that's the easiest place to find me, uh, thestrikertexas.com currently um, for all the uh, stories on uh, right now with the Houston Dynamo, but also other uh, stories in Houston. And uh, yeah, I mean, thanks, Hector, for having me on the show. And uh, like I said, anytime, uh, anytime you guys need me, uh, I'm just a phone call away. All right. That's very easy. All right. So thank you so much, man. Alright, so that interview with Victor Reisel was brought to you by Fubo TV. Are you tired of cable? Well, so are we. And Fubo TV gives you access to over 100 channels and without the hassle of a contract. So start a seven-day free trial when you click on our link on Instagram. I think in the bio is going to be our link tree. See the link that says Fubo TV. Click on that link and start your seven-day free trial. Doing so will help support Mr. Name FC and Unhinged Sports Network. So get to it, man. Yes, sir. All right, our players of the week. So my player of the week is 
nobody but the cyborg Ellen Haaland. I'm pretty sure at this point, like, congratulations, Erling Haaland, you're our player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you you win our our uh, invisible Ballon d'Or. <laughs> um, um, he scored two goals in Dortmund's 4-0 win against Schalke, and one of those was a beautiful, beautiful goal. Like, it was just Jane Sancho did the center, and holy It was a scissor snot. kick. It was a scissor kick, yeah. So he definitely solidified himself. Obviously also had a very good Champions League week as well. So, I mean, definitely a great week for Erling Haaland. Um, like I said, man, oh, yeah. he, he kind of, the kid's just unreal. Um, but yeah, so also, well, my player of the week is um, the other guy in the GOAT conversation, Kylian Mbappe, for scoring a hat-trick against Barcelona in, in the Champions League knockout stage. Um, and honestly, what also inspired uh, Erling Haaland to go ahead, go ahead and have himself a week as well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, congratulations to Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe. There's not much else to say, man. These two are very spectacular players. Oh yeah. So you know, congratulations to them. Hey, yeah. All right, Edward. Game previews. All right. So the game previews that we have for this week is Barcelona versus Sevilla. Ooh. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's a that's a more of a um both coming off Champions League losses. Yeah. I was like mm. it just so happens to be the two teams that had to face these two young stars. Yeah. <laughs> um the last meeting, Sevilla won two zero in the Copa del Rey, which uh, man, I'm still saying Barcelona, you gotta help me out here, man. I was like, I, I could only do so much with the hope and a dream here. <laughs> but Help yeah. me. I mean, it doesn't help that Ansu Fati is not going to be know, back. I know, man. Um, so, Sevilla has won four of their last five games. So, yeah, like you said, you mentioned it. The Champions League was not one of those games. But, you know, they have. A, it looks like they have a pretty good, you know, running start. Barcelona has been very inconsistent. So, I cannot be saying, you know, Barcelona might win this one. Um, Barcelona has scored 49 goals and Sevilla has allowed 16. So it's, it's a, like I said, it's, it's not a very, I'm not, as you can tell, I'm not it's very a, it's confident. The, it's not the easier task. Obviously we've, I've said this before. Sevilla is a very efficient team. Um, it's very well run, uh, but at the same time. All right. So even though they're an efficient team, you, would you say you can also throw the phrase boring? No, it's just it's gonna be because they're they're very be, they're structured. They 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 don't necessarily win with flair, and I mean that's not like an important thing or anything. But that's mind you, the Sevilla may look very good, but also the fact is that when they do go up against the better of the competition in La Liga, yeah, we've seen them falter. Um, so I mean, do they? luck out because you know they're kind of catching Barcelona in 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 a form in a, in a sort of a rut right now or maybe is this the time that Barcelona is like you know what we're fed up we're fed up with losing to all these teams you know why Sevilla think we're they're better than us and yeah true. so that maybe maybe this is the turning point well maybe I don't know we've said that there's so many turning points now for Barcelona <laughs> so at this point yeah I'm you know, just I'm, I'm tired of hoping for you I'm <laughs> And I'm a Real Madrid fan. I'm just like, Trust shit, me, I'm tired I'm, of it. I'm, I'm over here fucking holding on hope for nothing. I mean, it, 
this whole season has been nothing but hoping for us at this point. Spencer, who just became a Atlético Madrid fan, is looking pretty. Well, actually, no. Right now, Atlético Madrid is actually kind of having their struggles right now. So I mean, nobody's happy. No, <laughs> but Atlético Madrid is still on top, and they still have some games at hand as well. Over, over at least Real Madrid. I think Barcelona actually has a few games in hand as well. But all right, anyways. So who you got for this game? For this one. I'm going to back my team, Barcelona, but I'm very skeptical. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Barcelona. I don't, I don't, I, once again, Sevilla, I mean, like I said, when they go up against the the upper echelon of teams and obviously the Real Madrid, the Atletico Madrid, and apparently the, the Borussia Dortmunds of the world, um, they don't necessarily, that Perform. efficiency doesn't work out for them. So. Yeah. but And never... I think you can throw Barcelona in there with the upper echelon teams. <sighs> yeah. As you can tell, I'm very, very, you know, sarcastically confident. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. And who do you... Oh, so, you got you got Barcelona as well. Yeah, I just said right, that. All right. <laughs> all right. So, the next match is Manchester United versus Chelsea. Ooh. This is a hell of a good one. This is a classic. Red versus blue. Yeah. <laughs> like the Halo game. Like the, the red versus blue on YouTube. Um, but... Yeah, so this one's going to be a good match. You know, you got second place, who for some reason, they don't even know how they got here. Somehow they manage. <laughs> yeah, somehow they match. With their sleeves rolled With up. their sleeves rolled up, and they're saying, we're not real competitors, and yet they're second place. Golly. Oh, Gunner, what you're doing, whatever it is, you're doing something right. <laughs> somehow he... This is where I need to figure out what he's doing. <laughs> this is time for a Hail Mary. We're, we're David Wallace and, yeah. and, 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 and Hail Mary time. Old Gunner is, is Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. Yeah. There it you is go. Hail Mary time. In fact, here in insert name FC. Yeah. And then <laughs> what uh, do you do? Exactly. What are you doing? Right. We're going to go ahead and buy some pasta right now. Oh, old gun- man. Was All it right. pasta that they ate? No. Well, I think maybe some, Fettuccine, I don't know. Anyway, so back to back to this. Back game. to this. Um, so the last meeting between them, it was a zero zero. So it was a draw, and both clubs have not lost a game in their last five games. So it's crazy to hear this, and you're just thinking, "Is this really? Are we talking about matches? Also, are we talking about Chelsea? <laughs> well, okay, mind you, this isn't also including the Champions League game that Chelsea will be playing against Atletico Madrid. Which good luck, by the way. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, just kind of going back to it though. Like, uh, uh, man, I just don't know, man. Both teams are, are struggling. I mean, obviously, you have Chelsea with their identity crisis. Okay, maybe not struggling because clearly they haven't lost a game in the last five, which I'm shocked with, by the way. But that also probably is credit to Tuchel, uh, credit to Chelsea, and credit to Old Gunner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, somehow he managed. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you're just maybe, writing. You're just maybe, writing it wrong. Maybe that's his plan. Maybe he's trying to do so bad, but he's secretly doing something so good in order for him to come out looking like a freaking rose. Like he's he's a winner. Yeah, it's weird how this is going, but yeah. Anyways, it, it, it's an interesting matchup. Obviously, the Chelsea Manchester rivalry. It's a pretty big rivalry, I guess you could say, right? Yeah, it, it is. So, um. So I mean, on this one, it's kind of hard to choose. <laughs> yeah, definitely, it's hard to choose. Uh, I mean, the fact that both teams have, you know, what at this point, I'm just gonna say it. This is this is probably the first time I ever predicted this. I think it's gonna be a draw. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm going with Man U. 
Okay, you're gonna stick with. I mean, there, I'm going for Hail Mary time. You're just it's Hail Mary time. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hail Mary time. That's all you could say. And I mean, I agree with you. But you know, this is the first time I actually. I think this is gonna be a draw. Like I mean, another one. <laughs> another one. Like like DJ Khaled always says, another one. So yeah. So yeah, we the best. Okay, maybe not this time. But anyways. And so what's the last game to recap, Edward? All right. So the last game to recap is AC Milan versus Roma. So that one Ooh. is going to be a good one. It's going to be Milan right, versus man. Roma. Their last meeting was a 3-3 draw. This is also a testament to the poor defenses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically, whose defense is a little bit slightly better? <laughs> Who's going to win? We don't know. Um, Roma has won four of their last five games. So Roma has kind of like a leg up a little bit. And then obviously you just had uh, uh, AC Milan going, uh, having guess, a big loss against Inter Milan. Yeah. Um, also affecting the title race as well because I think, I do believe that that win does push Inter Milan on top of the group table, uh, not the group table, of the, of the table, uh, the, the league table. Um, so this is definitely, uh, uh, I feel like a must win for AC Milan. Um, AC Milan basically has had their struggles since since <laughs> since the second half of the season started, they've had their struggles. Uh, uh, and it's been you know, and that was kind of the question mark. Obviously, they had this really hot start. They looked great. They weren't losing. They they went undefeated in twenty twenty. Uh, well, at least right. the first half of the season, they were undefeated. Yeah. Um, and they go into this. They obviously getting kicked off by getting shellacked by Juventus. Um, didn't help. But I mean, you know, obviously. The question was, can this team keep up? Obviously, you have a lot of young players that are on loan. You have, uh, I mean, still Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but not necessarily, you know, prime Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, So there is a lot of question marks in this team, and it's question marks that are, you know, kind of make sense because this team just just doesn't have that experience to be consistent enough to get to where they are now. Um, Could that be a falter? I mean, obviously, they can still be in it. They're not necessarily out of the race for the title. <laughs> they just need to get a run in form and maybe going up against a team like Roma, who is just not very good defensively. Maybe this is the the, the matchup to do it. But obviously, Roma can score some goals. <laughs> I mean, we, we've said this how many times now? We've heard about Roma. Oh, can, uh, don't even honestly remember, bro. But we have said it. We've said it plenty of times now that Roma can score goals. They just can't defend. Um, And so, so yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. Because um, Roma right now has 47 goals this season. And AC Milan's not that far off behind. They have 45 goals. So there's two teams that could definitely score goals. Um, but I, the question is going to be, which defense is better? Um, I mean, I got to say, I think it's AC Milan. Because, I mean, Dorman lets a lot. If you see Roma, I was about to say Dorman. <laughs> if, I see, if you see Roma and you're seeing all these goals they're scoring, you would assume... They gotta at least be at least third place, right? Yeah, and they're not. So, yeah, they need help defensively, and clearly, they're, it's not that good. I mean, I can see another high scoring draw as well, uh, but this is a, a must win for for AC Milan, in my opinion. So, yeah, you're right. In order for them to recapture that first place, so I definitely gotta say, I, I'm 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 gonna go with AC Milan. I think AC Milan. Uh, I think I think Zlatan's probably done playing, so like he he's ready now. He's like, okay, we're gonna. He's turn ready this. to take it on. Yeah, he's ready to turn this up a notch. He he got just got embarrassed by Lukaku, um. So 
So I think uh, the lion would be unleashed. So the lion's done. So he's ready to he's ready to to finish this thing off strong. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm gonna go with AC Milan. I'll predict maybe. Uh, you know what? It's not gonna be that monstrous of a defeat. Is I think it's gonna be like maybe two zero two one. Yeah, okay, that's my thing. Okay, so the two high scoring goal teams like just. Yeah, they're gonna maybe gonna, they emphasize more on defense this week, and, and yeah. maybe that's what that's what they're gonna it. try to protect what they have already. Exactly. So no, I mean I agree with you on that one. All right. All right, man. We have three up, three down. But before we get to that, man, look, man, we all have busy lives, and for some of us, really is just not something that we can make time for. Audible allows you to listen to books at your convenience. Start a 30-day free trial now by going to audibletrial.com slash insert name FC podcast. Um, Audible is a proud partner of insert name FC. This is actually uh, all the insert name FC. It's it's basically shit that we have kind of learned throughout our lives, and I mean it's not very much. I mean I'm the youngest of 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 of, of insert name FC as, as weirdly enough as I am also the founder of insert name FC, <laughs> uh, but I am the youngest. I am 29 years old. Edward is 31. You guys are nuts. And Spencer is well, he's up there. So <laughs> what? <laughs> um, we're still waiting for Spencer's text to to get. Uh, this is you know. I don't think we're going to get his text, so we're not probably not going to get his three or three down at this point. But anyway, thank you, Spencer. If you do send it to me, we'll we'll, we'll definitely stop whatever we're doing just so we can give you the three or three or down. Even if we're still up here, and <laughs> maybe like the show's already over. But anyways, that doesn't matter. So three or three down, shit we know now. Uh, Edward, do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So for my three down, number three. Generators may seem useful, but it's useless at the same time. Wait, what? So generators, obviously, you know, the, the portable generators, the ones that... Right, right. So obviously, in the light of, of, our, of, our, of, our, shit. of our great yeah. thing. So I did tell my mom, I was like, look, we need to get a generator. And my mom kind of was like, what for? We're not going to use it that often. And I mean, she has a point. I'm not going to use a generator unless... We're in a blackout or we're in a, a hurricane, you know, in the situation of the aftermath of a hurricane or apparently when it's very cold and our our our, our power sources are not capable of handling that cold. Um, so it's like, do you buy something that may be useful in a certain situation? 
do you see that as a, at, at this point now where the, from my mom's perspective i see that now more so as a waste of money i can just i can deal maybe a two weeks but i mean we've dealt with two weeks of no power at one point remember hurricane ike we just played mousetrap um that whole two weeks right i remember that but yeah so number three generators maybe not so much of a great investment uh right. number two Um, do not buy a truck if you're not financially <laughs> capable of owning a truck. <laughs> wow. So I learned this. Uh, this was actually the first vehicle I bought when I was in the Marine Corps. Go figure. Um, I, I wanted, I really wanted a truck. I wanted a truck since, since I was young. Um, I just, I don't know how I like trucks. And, 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 and honestly, when you're young, don't go out and get you what you want. Let's face it. No one when they're young is financially, unless you're from, unless you have rich parents, you're not financially capable of buying a car. You want Edward can't go right. Well, maybe not even now what? go and buy himself an Nissan Skyline. <laughs> Hell no. So, And me, I was in no place to buy a truck and I let some dumbass let me believe that I could. And I couldn't. And so I I now that I know now, I should probably not have bought that truck. And number one. Um, the the number one is gonna be you really have no use for a truck, Hector. <laughs> what? what are you hauling, Hector? <laughs> young Hector right now. Obviously, young Hector can't listen to this because obviously podcasts weren't a thing back then. He, he grew up. He grew up and became me. <laughs> but you didn't need a truck. So it's a two-parter for this one. But what the other one was I was unable to afford it. This one is I had no real use for the truck. Okay. I wasn't hauling anything. I it, the gas, like the gas, it was too much gas for I just I needed why did I buy a Honda Accord? <laughs> or a Toyota Camry. <laughs> there was other options. Or maybe I should have just kept the fucking Cavalier. <laughs> There was other things I should have used, but I didn't. Uh, but yeah, so those are my bottom three. So I'll, just to reiterate them, um, number three, generators, probably not a great investment. Uh, number two, um, you're not finan- if you're young, you're not financially capable of buying what you want. And number, th- number one, my dumbass, when I was young, I had no real use for a truck. And I technically still don't have a real use for a truck. So, yeah. All right. All right, so I guess my three down would be, Edward, stop pouring money into these old-ass cars. That's my number three. Like, I have a 98 Nissan Maxima and a 99 Honda Accord. I don't know how many times I've already put in money into these cars just to fix them. So, Edward, stop that. If I could, I would tell myself to stop that. Just stick with one car, not Mm -hmm. two cars. Um. Number two, don't get a motorcycle when you're not financially stable to get a motorcycle. I still have it. I paid it off. I'm happy with it. I just haven't ridden it. So, yeah. Especially now as a parent. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, ever since, ever since, if anything, ever since I had the kids, I have not ridden a motorcycle. My kids love it. I mean, they love to just sit on it and everything and just be there. Uh, when I turn it on, they like it. But other than that, I'd rather, you know, fuck, I'd rather not have invested in it. It was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. It's just, 
now I look at it and I'm just like, man, I haven't even used it. Not even to go to work. So kind of that. And then number one, should have stuck to playing soccer when I was good. <laughs> when I had good dribble, good shot, good curl, good everything. Every, Hector can vouch for me. I mean, hell, I used to be somebody who was good. And then after I got injured, after I rolled my own ankle, next, you know, I stopped playing for a year. Then I tried to get it back. Nope. Doesn't work that way, especially after a whole year of not playing. So then after that, I should have just been like, you know what? Let me go ahead and take a small break and then start playing again. But I was always so scared to get injured again that I never touched the ball until, God, years later. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, it just, you know, I just rather, I just rather tell myself, dude, just keep going. Just keep playing. Keep doing it. But now, so that's my, my, my top three or my bottom three is don't put don't basically basically don't use the cars as a mini pit mm-hmm. let's just put it that way number two same thing motorcycle number one should have kept playing soccer mm-hmm. so yeah okay all right for my top my top three um probably should have taken some time to learn a little bit more about cars this is my number three just because like i feel like it's useful to know how to fix a car just just gonna put that out there it's it's cheaper also to be able to fix your own car. I'm not saying like learn how to freaking change out a motor or anything like that, but just like the basics that you could do that, you know, like I don't have to, you know, you know, probably be good idea to learn how to do an oil change, you know, things like that. Probably beneficial is one of those things, you know, it's like, you know, more. Oh well, yeah. You know, you yeah, do I mean, it's, it's, it's cheaper. It's cheaper if you just do it yourself. Yeah. But then I mean, I within your own means, I mean, don't, don't go out there trying to, <laughs> you know, pull out a transmission or anything like that. It just like, there's just certain things that maybe you could do yourself is what I'm saying. Um, I still wish that my high school had auto shop, which was what I was hoping for when I went to high school and I mm-hmm. didn't have it. Um, number two, you know what? Maybe it's best not to have a long distance relationship. Yeah. You, like, all right, this is one of those things that I did end up learning. And I'll say this, if you're in a good relationship, if you think that you guys are both very happy together, but you're young. I'm only specifically saying this when you're young, like young. And I'm saying like fresh out of high school to like your twenties. Yeah. Like around that age. Right. Cause you're in your twenties. You're supposed to go and explore, have fun, like try different things. Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> but it's kind of hard when you're with somebody far away. Oh yeah. And so it, instead of you being able to really enjoy yourself, you're so focused and fixated at, Oh, what are they doing over there? Or what would, how would they feel if I went to go do this? You know, like go and live your life. If you're, if your relationship is really that good, I would honestly say like, just, you know, have a clean breakup where no one's like really angry at each other. I don't think that's physically possible to begin. That's not mentally possible to begin with. Cause I think all breakups end up having some sort of resentment, but not necessarily like massive, but it, it have an understandable breakup. And I know that sounds difficult when you're young, um, but a, a breakup where you're like, okay, I can see you, you know, let's go out and explore. Hey, go, you know, go see the world, you know, go try things. And then, Hey, maybe when you guys are both done living your life and kind of figuring yourself out. And if you're kind of just happen to be in the same, still living in the same city, 
maybe try to go, you know, try to get back together. And maybe now that you've lived your lives and now have life experience and now a better understanding and a better perspective of life. And you're still in, in talking terms because obviously you guys didn't have an ugly breakup where you guys hate each other. So you're still civil with each other. And now you're like, all right, you know what? Let's get, let's go for another run. Let's try this again. And, you know, maybe I, I honestly, I will say like when, uh, when I did end up joining the military and I was in a relationship, um, I really now knowing what I know now, it probably would have been best to just end that relationship. Not like I was, once again, not on ugly terms, but like with an understanding, knowing that like, Hey, I'm going to be, you know, away and it's not fair to me or to you to, you know, have to think about me where we should just be able to live our lives. So right. that was my, my, what I learned from that. And I think it's a really good lesson. Like, if you're able to just not have a long distance relationship, I would highly recommend it. I think long distance relationships, it's not for everybody. I think people that can do with long distance relationships, I feel are, are a little bit on the mature side, like maybe understand what they want and are capable of hand. Like it, they've done all that they've wanted to do. So it's like, okay, a long distance relationship is like manageable is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. So number two, you know what? If you're young, don't don't have a long distance relationship. Like go live life. Go live your life. And these are your ups. Yeah, this isn't a negative thing to say. Yeah. I'm not like, dang, what are you trying to apply? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, like what are you trying to apply right now? Nothing, nothing. Just a little bit tired. <clears throat> and then number one, um, I'm definitely glad I did not go straight to college. <laughs> yeah, trust me on that one. That one. So I mean, obviously, as you guys just heard I was in the military for five years, um, which was actually what I wanted to do anyways. That's what I wanted to do since I was a kid was join the military and specifically the Marine Corps. And, um, and even though like it was the best five years that I was able to do something I'm never going to regret. Um, I'm, I definitely appreciated that I was, I did the military first, but specifically I'm just glad I didn't go straight to college because, you know, I was able to kind of, better know who I am and better understand myself and be able to schedule myself a little bit better. Cause college, I feel like if you're 18, 19, 20, especially when you're in an environment where, Oh, I don't have to come to class, which is, that's basically the environment that they give you in college. Um, it's, it's more, and, it, and a lot of it is just you put in what you get, you know, in. So if you don't, you know, if you don't read the book, before the class and you have nothing to say in discussion that affects your grade because the professor isn't going to read the book for you like they do in high school. So I think that that's one thing to take uh, that. I, I think I appreciate what I, I learned now is like, you know what, maybe there's some people that can go straight to college and be a productive college student, but I knew I was definitely not going to be that one out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I definitely glad that I, I did, did not go straight to college. I actually went the military route before I went to school. Yeah. I mean, that's good, man. I mean, that's, that's how we that's how we ended up here, bro. So it's a good it's a good choice. All right. So my top three for me. Uh my number three is, you know, um, I guess you could say my job. You know, I'm I'm glad I did take the job that I have now, you know, working with cars and stuff like that. Gave me a, a amount of knowledge that, you know, I didn't think I would have. And it does it, it does pay the bills and a little bit more. So I'm I'm glad about that. Um, not not too happy at it at the moment, but you know what? It's got to take it day by day. That's how I look at it now. Um, so my number two, 
I'm glad I started collecting random things. Like uh, I collect comic books, anime books, um, pops, um, certain statues. Because when I was little, I mean, I always wanted to collect. It's just I would always, my parents would always end up giving away my toys and stuff like that. So at this point in time, you know, I am, I'm glad I did start a collection that when I did, um, I, even, even with my video games, like I haven't traded some in. I still have FIFA 19 or 18 or 17 for PS4. Okay. So, so I still have those. Dude, I still have Final Fantasy 7 on PS1. Mm-hmm. So I, I still have all those. Legend of Dragoon. So I, I'm, I, I like to collect stuff like that. And uh, I'm glad I did. I'm glad. It's something that, you know, uh, fond memories and also, you know, they're worth some money uh, out there if I decided to sell them on eBay or something. And uh, so I'm glad I did that. I'm I'm glad. It kind of gives me like a little hobby and stuff like that. So keep keep on the lookout for Edward's uh, eBay account. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't sold anything besides a dark magician back in the day. So haven't done anything. Um, And then my number one is keeping I'm glad that I'm actually keeping the Honda Accord because I want my kids to pick it up as they go along like you know as they get older I want to be able to work on it and stuff like that with them they get older when I, whenever they pass my knowledge or if they ever get to that point where they pass my knowledge they want to you know it's going to be great watching them work on that car I, I definitely could see Eker being the Oh, the, the, the tear gre- down the guy. grease monkey. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of stuff and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, that's my plan to keep the Honda Accord, even if it was a money pit, but uh, it's going to be a bigger money pit later on. So I just want to keep <laughs> Not it. Not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Brush and passing it on to you. So dad, this car doesn't even work. Bye. Yeah, there you go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> then you finally if I get to use no your backseas. Finally, if I finally get to use your motorcycle, you drive away. Be like, be like no backseas, <laughs> fall down. <laughs> um, but yeah, so to reiterate, top three, um, the shoot, my job. You know, my job. My number two is what I collect. You know, video games, pop statues, comic books, and my number one is you know the car the car that i have the, the basically with my for my kids so whenever they get older they want to go ahead and work on it so yeah that's my three all right man so that's three up three down um like i said a little little something different but uh before we wrap this show up and spencer still hasn't sent me anything so yeah, no it's his, it's his loss um before we wrap this show up man so edward wants to start a career mode that he will be playing on Twitch, which they can follow you on. Red Wolf 2017. Red. I have a picture of Minato and Naruto. There you go. So Red Wolf. Wolf? Red Wolf, like the wolf, the animal. Yeah. Red Wolf 2017. R-E-D-W-O-L-F 2017. Like the number. So follow him on, on Twitch because he will be starting a FIFA career mode. Um, and I'm actually calling the shots for this uh, one. Well, actually, me and Spencer. Technically, it was me and Spencer. But I was the one that decided to look at the teams, what I wanted to do. And then I just let Spencer pick from the three options that I gave him. And he liked this one particular because Edward does get to work with a club that he likes. Ugh. But there's some stipulations that need to be in place 
And so you guys are about to find out right now what it is. So, Edward, your career mode is going to be... Let me write down. Barissa Dortmund. Yes. But you must put them in League 3 of the German League. Oh, okay. I also, because okay. you got to be realistic, obviously you're in the third division now. Certain players don't want to be there. You must, one, send me a shot, a, a picture, immediately before you start anything, any tinkering or anything yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. of your starting lineup, and all players on that starting lineup must be sold. Shit. What if I can't sell them? Then they're going to be released. I release them from the contract? Yep. Son of a bitch. So there is that. So you definitely have a more, more of a reason to, to get rid of these guys because obviously those uh, release causes are definitely going to be pretty high. Oh, no. So, but yeah. So you will be selling them. Mind you, once again, obviously once you update the rosters, depending who's on that starting lineup, whoever's on the bench is free to play, free to use. But you do have Borussia Dortmund's resources, their finances. I'm allowing you to do that. You cannot use any cheats in as far as like financial takeover. No. Um, but yes. And then also throwing into that, because I don't. I know you love to go and get guys from Argentina and you love to go get guys from Spain and people from Barcelona <laughs> and all that stuff. You must at all times have six German players on the field. Gosh. Damn. I think I can manage that. It's just, and, and I'll be playing this in world. Once again, that's obviously more than half your roster. So yeah, I was like, I can manage that. I think. So that means you, there's only five spots on your lineup. That Damn it. I already be- had a defender in mind, but I remember he's from the, he's Dutch. Yep. Ah. So yeah, so there is that. So have fun. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. And I'm doing this in world class. If I do find it that it's not as hard as I was expecting it, I will go ahead and go to legendary. So whoever, if anybody watches my stream on Red Wolf 2017 on Twitch, um, you guys can message me there. I will have my comments thing up on uh, my phone as I'm playing. So you guys can tell me, hey, go ahead and switch over to Legendary because this too, seems too easy for you. Or or you suck. Or yeah, you, you will suck. never revenge us. And you will never <laughs> revenge us. Uh, yeah, but yeah, do it. Like I, I and encourage obviously, you to. And- we will be we'll be sharing it on our on our Twitter that Edward's live on Twitch. <laughs> um, but yes, once again, that is your those are the rules that you'll be doing. At least you get to play with your team. I know, I know, of, I know. So Spencer, happy about that. Spencer did, I mean, so so for people that are interested in what were the options, so the options were, let me see, the, let me look at the text messages that I gave. Oh, so y'all did this outside of the insert FC text. I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> duh, I, don't, I, don't want, I didn't want you to know what your options were. No, because that, that, that would be terrible. All right, so this was the three options that I gave to Spencer. Essie, have her uh, Ren V for the okay, Netherlands. Okay, okay. Uh, Fernabanchin from Turkey. And then for the Borussia Dortmund career mode was the other, the other option that I throw in there was Manchester United. And obviously the same rules would have applied except obviously not German, but English English born players. I would have been able to do so much more with that one. Yep. (laughs) And Spencer picked. So this is Spencer's reaction. God damn. That's going to be tough. 
ass startup. LOL. Mm. I'm leaning towards Dortmund. And then I was like, I like it. That way he has a team that he likes, but he can't have Holland. <sighs> oh, also, you can't buy them back. I uh, damn it. That was my thought. Right now. And then he replies, he's going to hate that. <laughs> and you're, he was right. So, Spencer, you were correct on that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Spence, I love you, but I hate you. All right. So, that's the show. Um, Edward, have fun. With, be on the lookout for Edward going <sighs> live on Twitch. Once again, it's Red Wolf 2017. Um, but yeah, so that's the show. I want to give a shout out to Unhinged Sports Network. You can catch our episodes first at uh, unhingedsn.com at 11 a.m. Central Time. That's where you're going to first be able to catch the premiere of the episode. And then we will be dropping immediately after um, at 1 p.m. at all major podcast platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to them. Make sure you guys follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged so you'll be notified when we are dropping, when our episodes are dropping on their web on their website. And of course, you can also be following us on Twitter at InsertNameFC and as well as Instagram at InsertNameFC. So because we would also we'll also be letting you know when we are live on Unhinged SN, and of course once we're live and available on all major podcast platforms. So shout out to Unhinged Sports Network. And also, shout out to Alejandro Gomez, the creator of the Insert Name uh, FC logo, and and her and her uh, uh, group, the ANG Graphics. Um, you can follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics. Once again, that's at a.g.graphics. Graphics with an X instead of a C. Um, and you can go ahead and hit her up. And if you guys have a Logan mind, she can help you out. Also, man, you, we can't give this guy enough credit. Shout out to Spencer. Dang, I keep hitting my head on this mic. <laughs> Shout out to our producer, Spencer. Obviously, you guys hear the beats. You guys hear our sound. If you guys love the way we sound, if you guys love these beats that we get for this show, um, hit up our boy, Spencer. Um, and you guys can go ahead and work on some sort of collaboration, man. So you can follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, it's at that guy dope. So um, thank you that we were able to do episode 24, um, even though we're maybe over exaggerating about. OK, maybe it's not an over exaggeration. I mean, we did go without power for like <laughs> and then uh, for like all, more than a day. And then we had rollout blackouts till. Yeah. Till Thursday. So, I mean, it's not necessarily like we're over exaggerating. And there's still some homes still affected. Um, luckily we didn't get any busted, uh, busted water pipes. Unfortunately, we can't say that for everybody. So everybody that's in, in Texas that is still affected by the cold front, um, you know, uh, stay strong. Um, and, uh, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> wow, that was like, I thought you were going to say, and uh, anyways, so thanks for listening. Catch us next week as we have episode 25. Um, I mean, obviously, if we're going to, I mean, obviously, we just had an interview with Victor Ariza and we're talking, we talked, we did go on a little bit of the Houston Dynamo. Of course, we got to say the Brian Ching episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a Houston that's, legend that's, right yeah, there for that's, us. That's a 25. Hmm? So that's a 25. Right. What? That's a 25. Right. Brian Ching. Yeah. Yeah. That was his number. I know you don't follow MLS like uh, that. I don't know if you don't follow. 
I mean, that's the reason why Leave I said the, me alone. I, that's the reason why I said the Brian Ching episode. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe we can get an interview with Brian Ching. <laughs> like maybe, now, just, maybe, maybe, maybe. Hey, hey. It's not outside the realm of possibility, but maybe. No, uh, probably not. Probably not. It'd be yeah. cool. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, thanks for listening and catch us next week for episode 25. All right. Take care, guys. I'm bearing. There's no other cold fronts that decide to hit the state of Texas. Uh, don't jinx it, dog. Knock on wood. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.